This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi everyone, I'm Alice Cash. I'm the social media manager for Jubilance and today I have Eva Ting joining me. Um, Eva is originally from China and has come to New York for interior design school, which is amazing. Actually, right across the street from where we are. <laughs> yeah, so welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, can you talk a little bit about um, why you decided to come to New York? Uh, yeah, uh, basically it's for uh, attending school here, interior, uh, interior design school. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, what are the biggest differences that you've seen between New York and China? Well, it depends on which city that you compare with New York, actually. Uh, prior to coming to New York, I was uh, working in Shanghai for six years. So, um, if you compare these two cities, it's quite similar in some way, but New York is, of course, even more diversified. And also, here I'm the minority. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the only difference for me. Okay. But, but um, other side is like very open society and then, um, like very diversified with the population, so that you meet people from all different kinds of backgrounds, which I really um, love about big cities like that. So um, I can learn a lot from just, you know, meeting different person, different people uh, in daily life. And were you working in interior design in Shanghai? No, 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 no. What were you doing? Uh, before that, I was uh, in um, um, Starwood Hotels and Resorts in hospitality. I was doing human resources, uh, employer branding. For for a while, yeah, oh, that's so interesting. And what really like drove you to pursue interior design? Um, I guess um, after a while in the corporate, uh, you will feel like um, because the the company is so big, everything is so um, sliced up, and then for a very detailed uh, portion of work that you are uh, you are uh, touching every day, it's like. Um, once, once you get used to that, you will feel there's no challenge anymore. Mm. So it's like, okay, um, I want to do something more challenging and also maybe um, something that I'm really passionate about. Um, so I thought about what I really uh, love. And then uh, with respect to high school that I really had this um, uh, had this thing, um, passion for design, I would ask my uh, my desk mate, I was like, so what's your home like, you know? And then kind of forced, like kind of invited myself to her place just to check out the what's in. how you yeah. designed it. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of awkward for her, but yeah, that, that's, um, yeah, that's a story that I, I showed my passion about the side and then um, I decided to switch my career to this. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, where do you think are the best places to look at interior design in New York? Best place? Yeah, where would you go if you wanted to just see like a great design? Oh, um, if you're uh, talking about like um, just the, the general style or... Well, actually in New York City you can see a lot of styles um, just swiping at the same time. Um, um, you, can, you can see that just by bar hopping or you know going dining out in different restaurants and then that's kind of like part of really fun part of my personal life that i would just go and you know go to different bars and restaurants check out you know um, different styles and from different um, design companies and also yeah 
also some historical side as well. Mm. Yeah, like okay. they have really good um, historical styles that where actually a lot of design firms and then uh, nowadays there's new firms that they draw inspiration from. Yeah. What is your favorite style? Would you say like modernism or I don't I don't even know what the styles <laughs> would be. Rococo. <laughs> yeah, you are honest. Okay. Yeah. yeah um, well, uh, I think historical styles maybe um, mid-century actually oh, more close so to modern nice. style. Mid-century is uh, one of my favorite because like. Uh, Baroque or Rococo is like too much carving yeah. or like very luxurious and now I think uh, mid-century and modern style actually is more uh, eclectic in many ways because you know the world is more way more connected than before so mm-hmm. that's why like those designers also have a lot of different information from all like all parts of the world so that they can sort of um, have their own style without any definition to it like very eclectic i like that if you have you ever been to the big man hotel no i haven't it's uh in uh, downtown it's oh, a really okay. nice uh, landmark hotel oh, you have to wait, check it is out that the one that like it overlooks the whole lobby yes oh okay yeah, yeah that one yeah. is very I just eclectic seen it in pictures yeah okay. and, and then the designer that they um he has this um um storytelling uh, you know thing uh, of the hotel like when he designed it he wants to be uh, this hotel to be like a home to travelers so it's like every place that it's it looks like some traveler brought it back from you know different parts of the world okay. it's really nice oh, that's yeah. so interesting <laughs> yeah so you said that you're graduating in may um what do you want to do after that um after that i think uh, one of my uh, plan is that go back to China. I work uh, for a uh, small or medium design firm in Shenzhen, and then kind of see uh, what's on the design market in China right now. Because uh, in China, I've never really uh, getting to this industry before. And then after that, I want to say that. That's whatever awesome. uh, I learned. <laughs> yeah, can you talk about? Um, I was curious about that. Like, what are the differences between interior design here versus in China? Are there different like styles that are important or um, things that stand out? I know we all become like closer and closer as a world, but yeah, like, what's popular? Or... Well, definitely, there's a big gap still, like uh, between China and U.S. in this. Uh, particular industry because of you know the most recent uh, modern history of China that we had a period of time that it was totally closed by the world and um, the economy and politics everything just uh, very uh, how do you say close-minded and then um, so a lot of um, design and uh, beauty all the historical uh, designs and, and uh, arts are lost uh, from that time I think so now it's like actually I would say it's the best time for renaissance like in China in design because um, it's kind of a blank slate then yeah and then now it's like China is more open up to the world and then um, it's more connected and also um, I would say the leaders are more, much more open minded um, actually since 1978 so um, now um, I think 
also along with the new generations, like my generation, are starting to be like main consumers in society. So that really, yes, you're the main consumer, like the the people in the thirties, wow. like That's also like people in the forties and then people in the twenties actually are rising up to yes, be those consumers. Yes, like they yeah. are, they are um, growing up. Yeah, so they would drive the taste of the society a little bit as well because they grew up on the internet, so they accept a lot of different styles. And they, the followers were all just bigger, or you know, like it's one world. Yeah. So um, they're more um, um, agreed to the um, international different kind of styles that they um, have their. Uh, new taste of coming up, which is so different than their uh, parents' generation. Like my parents, they didn't care about interior design at all. They don't think that's a thing. But here, like my school, it's a very, um, very obvious like uh, proof of what like um, U.S. has come so far that this school has been there for over a hundred years. Wow. That says a lot about this industry in. This country that they have deep roots, so they come gradually, and then um, I think that's very um, mature uh, industry here. So I think it's the best way that I come to learn, you know, and then give back to China, just to, kind of like in the movement. But it's not—it's a strong word, but I see the change in the society. Oh. Yeah, especially with the new generation and also middle class coming out oh. in China. So yeah, I would say. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I would say it's a definitely a new but a very strong aspect of life that they're realizing, and then they want to also uh, do something about this, like not just the buy a big house, but don't know what to do about it. Mm -hmm. So I think it's. Wow, yeah. that that's, it sounds like the market. perfect time. Then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a big market. That's yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, that's part of the reason that I also I want to switch to this as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's starting your own company there. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, you were yeah. talking about Shenzhen earlier as yeah. being like sort of the capital of like entrepreneurship and like being yes. able to create different sorts of new industries. Yes. Yeah, the government there is very supportive. I would say it's a pioneer of the government in China to um, cultivate this kind of entrepreneurship uh, wow. culture. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you should come visit. I will. I want to. I want to. Um, and then I'm curious too. Um, so we talk a lot about being a woman on this podcast. Um, what are the biggest differences that you see between like being a woman here versus being a woman in China, or are there differences or just similarities? Um. Actually, I. Well. Um, the time I came here, I think the Me Too movement here, the Me Too movement here. That's right like, when you came. I think they're coming uh, really strong, like 2016. Oh wow! That yeah. was 2016 or 2017, mm -hmm. and then now it becomes like so strong a movement, and the feminist is sort of like really, um, how do you say, it? it's really strong right now. Mm -hmm. uh, in China, I don't think that this strong, but in China, I think in general, I. Didn't feel like so much difference uh, between men and women in the workplace. Oh, interesting. Mm, I don't. I don't know. To some extent, I feel like um, 
the equality between genders in China um, is actually okay for, from my perspective. That's great. Um, and also, but also maybe there's there's no such a platform or a discussion like so outspoken in China because also uh, because of our uh, culture rules that people tend not to like you know be very open about this kind of issue like still there's a cultural barrier to that like um, they don't want to talk about things so sensitive so sensitive like in the public space of their themselves so maybe that's another uh, Another uh, reason that I didn't hear so much about that in, in China, but here it's definitely out there. I think it's really good for women. Like it's like um, women waking up to their own rights and power, and I think it's very, very good. Yeah, yeah. So we've got to stop and talk about our sponsor, Jubilance for PMS. It's a daily supplement that helps you be you. Jubilance is an over-the-counter nutritional supplement shown in clinical trials to relieve the emotional symptoms of PMS. That means less stress, anxiety, and more of getting back to your life. You deserve to be your best self all month long. And thanks to modern science, PMS is now optional. It's the first and only product for emotional PMS backed by real science with double-blind, placebo-controlled, peer-reviewed studies. And it works. I work for Jubilance because I'm here to help women, and this is the real deal. Jubilance isn't just a product, it's a global mission to make PMS mood swings a thing of the past. The Jubilance Sisterhood is a movement of thousands of strong women escaping the PMS struggle with science, sharing, and communal support. We're here for you each week with stories of amazing women, your weekly playlist on Spotify, and for you to dish and cry about periods on our Facebook group. So why not give Jubilance a try? Go to www.jubilance.com to learn more. Great, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. And um, if you had one piece of advice to give to any woman that you just met on the street, what would it be? I don't know if I'm in the place to give other people advice, <laughs> you know? but um, before being a woman, I think everyone, um, first of all, is being a man, like being a human. Hmm. Oh, so, okay. Uh, on that thing, like on that level, it's like you want to first of all be a human first. Like um, um, everyone's equal. Like um, and also, um, I would say that um, I think there's definitely um, common human values that, that you um, you would uh, say that applies to everyone. And then based on that, I agree with that. Um, different genders have different uh, advantages and disadvantages or um, their specialties in different areas. Yeah. Like, I, I don't deny, you know, different genders, they have different, um, how do you say, it's not disadvantage or advantage, it's like differences. things that they are good at. Okay. I would say that. Um, it's not a stereotype, it's not like uh, it has to be divided by gender. Mm. Also, it depends on, like, it depends on different person to person. Like, some women, they're good at uh, basketball, right? So, 
go yeah. for it. No one can deny their ability to do that. So just the idea of yeah. being you. Yeah, I just I would say just realize what you're really good at and then go for it. That's great. It doesn't matter what gender you are. Yeah. I was curious about that too. So in China, like, I know here in the United States, I mean, there's a lot of political talk and questioning about, like, um, gender and, like, gender is fluid and there are so many more definitions now than we've ever had before. Are there those same definitions in China or is it, um, or is it more, like, binary? This is very interesting um, because obviously uh, nowadays, like the young generation, like my generation, we are talking about this kind of all different genders, like there's no barriers and I think that's at all. Here too. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's just our the generation, generation that we were accepting the fact that we do have different genders, mm-hmm. um, but in the higher uh, leadership like in the government, um, because there are a lot of thing and um, a lot of uh, different values that's from thousands of uh, years of history that we are considering. So they are not putting this out as a discussion for the public from their level. But they don't block people who are talking about that. They just realize that, you know, um, you can still talk about it, but there's just no policy like, um, you know, same-sex marriage is not appropriate in yeah. China. But I had actually I had a friend who used to work for the very high uh, level of administration in the local government. That wow. she well, she used to work that as one of uh, I don't know, it's like they have panels, oh. but they were talking about it. like oh. the leadership. They were talking about same-sex marriage, and they were talking about when is it appropriate to for us to really put it out. You know, in front of the public because they yeah. have to consider the older generation's reactions as well. Oh, interesting. So they're just trying to find a way to deal with this, you know, unbalanced, you know, um, different sides of the, uh, how do you say that, the ways is different. Yeah. They have to consider so many things. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, but they, they're not putting that out right now, but they're but talking about it. But that they're starting to talk yes. about it. They're not just, you know, Pretending they're not hearing anything, that's just not the way to do this yeah. society. So, yeah. Oh, great. And when do you get to go back to China next? Will it be when you graduate? Or? Yeah. Okay, I think cool. So. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Is, well, is there anything else you want to add? Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm just so happy that you get yeah. the chance to be on your channel. Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It's great to have you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you.